Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ooh. Trying to do the whistle like <laughs> How can you do that? You can't when you whistle at the same time. <laughs> well, well, well. If it isn't only like you. I'm Lonnie, I'm here with my girlfriend, Sinead. Hello. We get together and record a podcast about annoying people in the world and a movie we've seen that week. <laughs> Highs and lows. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is our first podcast that we've recorded since we've um, gone public. It's become Facebook official. We have. We're, we're Facebook official, aren't we? Like we assumed, your mum has become our best listener. She has, yep. Um, I'm not sure my parents know what podcasting is. <laughs> I'll get onto it eventually. We do have one very special listener that we want to shout out to. Hi, Ben. Hey. You're, you're our number one fan. Thanks for listening, Ben. <laughs> this one's for you. <laughs> we still only have about, what, 15 followers or something, but, you know. It's okay. We're getting there. We're getting there. It's a, it's a slow climb. The work in progress. Yeah. Okay, so this week... Um, we're going to talk about the bloody hottest topic all the kids are on to, Pokemon Go. <laughs> you totally polarised yourself as, like, <laughs> the older generation, the old crotchety grandpa. And we're talking about the movie <laughs> Me Before You. I liked it. You liked it as well. Yeah. Good movie. Oh, okay. I can't wait to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> Pokemon Go. Right. So it's not annoying you in the same way it seems to be annoying everyone else in the world. No. So I feel like the world is divided into two camps. Those who love Pokemon Go and those who hate everything in life, including joy and happiness and puppies, and are annoyed at these young children for being on their smartphones in public. My opinion with that, and I saw a really great meme, that was just let people enjoy things. They're not harming anyone. They're just having a nice time. Stop being so old and crotchety. Well, no one complained when people were playing Farmville and bloody... Candy Crush? Yeah, that stuff. It's because, like, it's public, I think. People are annoyed that it's happening around them or something. Well, there's that thing as well. Because it's popular, people have to automatically hate it because yeah. it makes them cool or something. The thing that annoys us, though, is I want to love Pokemon Go so much. I was so ready to be on board. We downloaded it on my phone. And the problem is that it just keeps crashing every two seconds. So I caught my first Pokemon in bed. What was it? A Squirtle. A Squirtle. It was just sitting on the end of the bed and it was very, very cute. And I threw a little ball at it and it was very, like, glitchy, but I got him. So I think that makes me the blue team. I'm not really sure how that works. But anyway, so we caught him first and then we've been on various pokey hunts trying to walk around, trying to catch all these, and it just keeps freezing when you, like, catch the pokey, the, <laughs> which is the official nickname. When we catch the Pokemon, it just freezes. And that 
it's very hard to love a game that keeps freezing on you. We wouldn't have played for a longer duration than 30 seconds probably. We've tried more than 10 times to play it. And then it's just constant resetting of the app and reopening and reloading and signing in again. And it's just frustrating because I want to like it, but the interface is making it so difficult for me to like it. And I guess you're quite annoyed because it's not available on Android or on your phone. No, it's available on Android. My phone's older. Right. And it's really stupid. It um, doesn't have enough space because of all the um, apps that are on there that you can't delete. And so I've got like Facebook on there and Reddit and then it can't download any other apps. That's that's it. That's your two that you've chosen. Yeah. <laughs> You're stuck with them now. Because of the space. And because of that, I had to go out and delete a bunch of other stuff that was on there, like restored all the apps to its original settings. And so the um, I can't actually download anything anymore. So I could try and download it and like reset my phone, but I'm probably going to lose the apps I have. So And then what's the benefit of doing that when it's not even working properly? Well, yeah. And, that, and then, oh, it's so stupid as well, the phone. God. <laughs> Are we talking more about the phone that we hate now, Lenny? <laughs> well, it's a good phone. It works, but it's not the best phone. Because um, when you're using data, when you're out and about, the battery goes out and within, like, you can't even use it for more than, like, 10 minutes, half an hour or so. So it, it, it wouldn't even be good at Pokemon Go because no. it'd be gone in, in 10 minutes after you're walking around. It drains your battery so much. Well, you're using a camera and everything else you're using when you're out and yeah. about. I think it's a really cool concept. I was actually reading this morning, there was a post on Facebook about the guy who created it. Do you know that he's the same guy who created, like, Google Maps and all that kind of stuff? Yes, yeah, so it was a combination between the Nintendo people and the and Google, Google Maps people, yeah. which is so cool. I think it started as a joke, and then they were like, actually, it's pretty cool. It started off as an April Fool's Day thing where they had, on Google Maps, um, you could catch, like, some Pokemon or something, and then it got a really great response, and the guy started thinking, what if we developed a game like yeah, this? Yeah, it's a pretty cool idea. So I love the idea. I love that it gets, like, people that are gamers, quote-unquote, out in the real world and, like making friends and stuff and you see people and um one of the youtubers i watched said that he hadn't made any really local friends in his town in the last three years and one day he went out and made like 15 friends because they were all catching together and talking about pokemon and i just think there's like some good to it that's not really you know seen it's just seen as a game that young kids are interested in but i think it actually has good you know repercussions in some ways i agree but um like, are we the only people it doesn't work for? Surely some people, it's working for some people, but... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It can't be this popular if it keeps crashing for everyone else, can it? Surely <laughs> not. But we agree to share our little, share my account on Pokemon. So Lonnie's tried to hunt as well. Um, well, we go together and hunt together. We do. A couple that hunts together okay. stays together. <laughs> and Sinead even recorded a theme song for Pokemon. I didn't record one. I don't know. It's being released by Sony. <laughs> when I was younger, I wasn't hugely into Pokemon because I guess when I was growing up, it was seen more as a boy's game and it wasn't really something that I played. However, my cousin, who we used to spend a lot of time together growing up, used to have, I think it was Pokemon Stadium on Nintendo 64. And he used to come around and bring his game over and we used to play and I loved it so much. I've got this very vivid memory of these particular Pokemon that I used to use and I can't figure out what it is. I think it was like a dragon thing and it was like a higher level Pokemon and I think it was either blue or purple. 
So listeners. <laughs> ben? Ben, can you figure out what that was? Because I have no idea what Pokemon it was. And I've tried Googling and I can't find out. I think it's a Lapras, but you don't think it's Lapras. I don't think it is. But anyway, the point is that I wasn't hugely into it growing up, but the brief um, moments that I had playing it, I really enjoyed. But I never had the cards or anything like that. And I never had a Game Boy. Um, so I'm really enjoying like this new resurgence of this game that I didn't really get to completely enjoy when I was younger. And now I'm getting like a second chance at enjoying it. Which you is didn't really watch cool. the show much either, did you? No, no, hardly at all. I played the games on Game Boy and stuff. I had Pokemon Stadium on stage as well. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't played it recently either. So mm. it's cool. It's a cool nostalgia thing for a lot of people. Yeah. Getting back into it. So I'm not sure how the original Gotta Catch Em All song went. And in true Sine fashion, I've just created a jingle, which is, oh, I can't do it. I'll, I'll count you in, okay? Okay, count me in, yeah. Five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> okay. It's Gotta Catch Em All, Gotta Catch Em All, Gotta Catch All The Pokies. And that's it. And you just kind of put a yeah at the end. And you repeat that a and bit. just repeat that. So when you're out playing it, Ben, you can go and, and sing that song. Gotta catch them all, gotta catch them all. Gotta catch all the pokies. Yeah. Nice. So we just, I call them pokies. I don't know if that's okay with the trademarking of the, <laughs> of the name. Nintendo don't, don't mind, I don't think. They don't mind if I call it pokey. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Anyway, so I guess the point is that we want to love it, but... It's just kept us at an arm's length. It's like a boyfriend. No. It's like a crush that you have, right? Mm -hmm. And you've liked this crush for so long. And this crush has said, you know what? We'll take you on a date. And then Ooh. you're like, oh, my God, I'm going on a date with my crush. This is amazing. But then you get to the date. And, and you've had a wax. You've done everything you can to prepare for this date. Please don't talk about my waxes. Not you in particular, <laughs> unless you are going on a date with your crush. That'd be you then, baby. No. No. Might be Corey Oates. I know, yours would be Corey Oates. Anyway, you get there on the date and you're super excited, you're very prepared, and then he just spends half the time on his phone, goes to the bathroom a few times. Like, every time you get into a really great conversation, he ups and leaves. You see, Corey wouldn't do that. I feel like you're missing the point <laughs> of the analogy here. So, no, he's playing Pokemon Go, is he? No, 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 no. The point is that this experience is Pokemon Go. So, the crush is Pokemon Go. No. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm me and the crush is Pokemon Go. Who am I? You're not in the picture. Where's Sam? Sam's <laughs> not there at the moment. It's just me and the crush. Where are you? At a restaurant, like a fancy restaurant, right? Mm. That I've probably booked and prepared for. I might have even invested yeah, so some money you, in you this. Had, you had to prepare for it. Well, you have to download the app, don't you? It doesn't automatically download to your phone. I guess not. Yeah. You have to create an account. You have so to you, sign in. Yeah, I suppose so. How do, but he said to you, didn't he? Or did you convince him of it finally to come along on the date? I think he was ready for the date. Yeah. And I was ready for the date. Okay. Simultaneously. Just happened. <laughs> but my point is, he spends the whole night distracted, leaving, just not engaging with you. And, you know, 
how much more of me can I continue to put out there, Lon, and just get, you know, nothing in return? And when he used it, he's a zoo bat, so who cares? Yeah, what was the crap one that we had? Oh, the, I don't like the ratted, ratter. Ratatata. Yeah, I don't like that one. He turns into Raticate eventually. Interesting. Interesting fact. Anyway, Pokemon Go is like a bad crush at the moment for Sinead. I think that's what we've established. Especially since we're sharing him. Okay, so you are there in this scenario. Maybe okay. we're both on the date with the crush. So we're like interviewing him for like a swingers thing, are we? Maybe we're trying to spice up our relationship or something. I wonder Corey's upset. <laughs> we're concerned about this. So Pokemon Go, we want to like you, but we just need a little bit more in return. Hopefully they fix it up soon, like if there's a patch or something or the servers get sorted out or whatever the technical well, people do. Yeah. <laughs> I read some wanker hackers or something hacked into the Australian servers of Pokemon Go on like the last weekend or something to make it all crash just because they wanted to, because they were being dicks about it. Why would you do that? Why would you be a dickhead about that and ruin happiness for so many people just to be a dick? I don't understand it. People annoy me names. That's why we're doing this show. That's why we're doing this show. <laughs> You've never hacked into anyone? I'm a stalk. I don't hack. I don't know if you want to make this public, your Facebook stalking abilities. Well, I don't want, you know, people will come and ask me to do it for them. Is that what you mean? Hire out your services so that I'm they pretty can good at it. You are really good, good at it. it. Yeah. But too good. Well, something that we wanted to like, and we did like, was Me Before You. So it's the new um, Amelia Clark movie. Can you tell us a bit about its name? Can I tell you about how we got to see it first, and then I'll tell you about the movie? Please. <laughs> <laughs> so, we've seen this movie advertised, right? And I think we both kind of thought, oh, it's pretty similar to like a Nicholas Sparks movie. If we get to see it, we will, but like not going to rush out and try to, you know, make huge effort to go see it because there were other things we want to see around the time. Fair enough. Then it became movie of the week at event cinemas. And we were like, oh, awesome. We'll go see it then. Kind of expecting, you know, it'd be fine. It'd just be like an average sort of movie, bit of a chick flick, but may as well go see it. We loved it. Loved it so much. It was amazing. It was everything I love about movies. It was great. It was perfect. So, Will, is that his name? Has had an accident and he's... Blood below the chest, he couldn't move. Yeah. He had some movement in his hands, but he was confined to a wheelchair. Yes. And then he gets this new, like, nurse helper chick named Louisa Clark, played by Amelia Clark. No relation. Wasn't that funny? <laughs> and then it's kind of like about their sort of love story and connection and yada, yada, yada. All good so far? Well, that's my synopsis. Oh, okay. You're done. Okay, good. Well, I don't want to like spoil the end. No, definitely. Um, it's not spoiled to say it has courted some controversy though. The controversy is from disability groups who um, don't like the film's message in their eyes that... Um, Having disability is a you should end your life sort of thing, and um, it's the end of the world because you know a lot of people live long, healthy lives, you know, fulfilling lives, mm. um, even though they're in a wheelchair, and that's totally fine, and I understand that. I don't think that was the message of this movie, though. I don't think it was either. I think that was kind of explained as well. So I'm confused that this is what they've taken out of it because it was explained that for Will, it wasn't the same life that he 
had where he was jet skiing and snowboarding and, you know, having this really adventurous, active life and he didn't feel like he was himself and he, I don't know, it was a choice that he made that was very individual to him and I don't, I don't think that they were saying that about all disabled people. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think it was the message that they've been sending is not dead yet. That's the disability group sort of slogan about their um, protest of this movie. But I don't think the movie was saying that necessarily. I mean, obviously, I respect their opinion and they've mm-hmm. come, coming from it from a very different place than we are. But, um, yeah, I, I, don't, I think they might have misjudged the movie to protest. I you agree. Know? However, I'm well aware that we not have less of a right to have an opinion, but I think they have more of a right to have an opinion on this than we do. Well, they've got a more informed opinion and they're coming from a different place than we are. So I just think that in some aspects, if they thought that they were being misrepresented, then in some ways maybe they were because definitely, yeah, it's like them at the end of the day. Yeah, for sure. And they're coming from like they're more sensitive to it and not in like a bad way. They just are more sensitive to it because it's about, you know, it's from a, disability group that would be you know it's about them and there probably are some concerns about um how people disabilities are represented on screen just in general you know just yeah. over the whole uh, maybe film but um, i don't think um this movie was saying that you're better off being dead than in a wheelchair i don't think it was the message if anything it was about the connection you can have you know they had a connection even though um the disability you know yeah Putting aside disability for a moment, I think the movie had some interesting things to say about class. So um, Millie Clark's character came from a working class background, so she couldn't go to university because she had to stay at home and have a job and support the family, help support the family. Her dad didn't. He lost his job recently too, hadn't he? Yep. Um, her older sister, played by um, Jenna Coleman, Clara, from Doctor Who, who I don't like. I don't like Clara. She's fine. I'm sure the actress is fine. You just have a strong aversion to Clara, don't you? I just don't get why she was so important to the doctor. Today. <laughs> All of a sudden, she... she's the body chosen one. Impossible girl. Impossible why girl. can't the doctor just have a normal person he hangs out with? Why will there be? I'm getting <laughs> angry about something else here. Anyway, Clara um, was her older sister, and she had a baby as well. So I got some interesting things. She was a single mum, so that's why she had to come back home and look and go to university. Interesting thing to say about class there that that this is a. Um, main character of a film is from this background. Doesn't always happen. Often people who are in films, uh, films are about people who are rich, um, living fantastic lives. Not always about people um, from the other side of the tracks. That was cool. But what was interesting is that he was wealthy, and so um, like he had his family could afford to look after him and um, after his disability. And these people would never have met, would they? No. He was living in London. He was like some sort of finance person, I think well-to-do, traveling around the world. She hadn't really left her little village her whole life. But they had a connection, you know. Well, she mentions that when they're at the party. She said if he was not in his wheelchair, she would just be over there serving alcohol as one of the invisibles and never would have danced with her. And he wouldn't have looked at her. No. You know? No. But, like, it was proving that they could have a connection, even yeah. though they came from different backgrounds, yeah. you know. And it was it was kind of, I don't know, what I, was, what I got from the film was that this terrible thing had happened and, you know, without being mean to people with disabilities, it is a terrible thing to happen, you know, especially um, within the life he'd had. Awful thing to happen, you know. Um, but from this awful thing, 
these two people had a connection they would never have had, and then using his wealth and their and then her loveliness, yeah. you know, they connected across it, and then he was able to help her with with his wealth, and she was able to help him with her, you know, outlook on life. I guess positivity. And, yeah. yeah. So I think you know, maybe you should be looking at that part of the movie, not the other parts. Maybe the, but yeah. obviously you got to look at the whole film. But I think that was a cool message the film was sending. Yeah, I agree. But as we were leaving the film, you were saying how much you enjoyed her character. Yeah, I think Louisa Clark is part me. And part everything I want to be. What do you mean by that? Well, like her dorky dances and her clumsiness and her, I don't know, like awkwardness is me. And then she's just so optimistic and positive and doesn't care if she wears colourful clothes and doesn't care what people think about her. And like I just think that's such a great message. She was just this like ray of sunshine and didn't let anyone else get in her way of being her, being so true to her. And, like, that's something I really struggle with because I don't like wearing bright clothes or anything. I don't like drawing attention to myself and, Mm. you know, causing a fuss. But she just didn't care. She was just happy and positive and optimistic and I just think that was really, I don't know, she was just so lovable, don't you think? Like She She, was just. She really was. She, there's a quote my dad has about people sometimes. He reckons you can see the goodness shine out of them could see the goodness shine out of her, everything she did. Yeah. It wasn't to say she was like a one-note, one-dimensional character, though. She was really... She wasn't, no. She had she had doubts and she wanted to quit the job or whatever. She really struggled with some parts of it. But in the end, yeah. you know, her, her general positivity won out. Yeah, she, she had difficulties as well with her boyfriend, you know... Neville Longbottom. Uh, yeah. Neville Skinnybottom, as I call him these days. He was very skinny in that movie. Do you reckon he's, like, trying too hard to... <laughs> Overcome the Neville Longbottom Let's, things. How do I say this diplomatically? He was great as Neville. Maybe that's where the acting prowess ends. He was pretty good in this one. Was he? He was playing that character well. Um, Do you know he's a big rugby league fan? Does everything go back to rugby league? He supports New South Wales, though, surprisingly. He's from New South Wales. He's from England. <laughs> He's from the north. That's where they play rugby league, I think. Right. I I don't think he even played that character really well, to be honest. It was very that was very one note of a performance. I guess so. And yeah. really I don't know, you could see do, yeah. you could see quite through him about I don't know. It was a lot of um telling the audience very I couldn't really see why she stayed with him, to be honest. I couldn't figure out why they were together in the first place. Like, how does that happen? I guess they've been together since high school or something or just after. Yeah, I guess so. But he was very, the performance was very, um, his performance was very on the nose. There wasn't a lot of subtlety with it. And, yes, part of it was the character, but also I think, I don't know. It probably didn't help that he's up against Millie Clark, who's a really great That's actress. That's true. So. But we haven't actually seen Game of Thrones, which she's in. So this is... Probably first or second thing we've seen her in pretty yeah, much. Yeah, probably. Like, we know, obviously, we know about Game of Thrones. We just haven't done it yet. Yeah. We'll get to it one day, everybody. I know. This we've, will be, like, outrage. We've got so much going on in our lives. We have a pile of DVDs that we work our way through when we get new DVDs. It goes onto the pile before it goes into our DVD shelves. And we also have a very extensive Netflix queue that we need to work our way through. So... We'll get to it. <laughs> just back off. We're going to put aside like a month somewhere. Lonnie and I are going to take a month off uni and work and just watch Game of Thrones. Will that make you happy, everybody? 
I, they probably don't give a shit. <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't love his character, but I loved hers. I thought she was amazing. How much of an expressive face does she have? She must have, like, extra muscles. Right? Face. Like, yeah. she gets a lot of crap about her eyebrows and everything. I think but they're great. Yeah, I think they're really cool. Every face she had, even when the frame was over her shoulder, you could see how emotive she was being and how expressive she was. And I just think that was so nice to, like, like as another actor, that must have been so nice to play off. Mm. And I just felt like she didn't hold anything back in the performance. She was happy to cry and have an ugly face and, you know, be made fun of by her eyebrows and everything. And it was just... There was one sequence where she did, like, a whole monologue about people people in her cafe that she used to work at and now they were older ladies and all the stuff the problems they'd had in their lives and she fully committed to it didn't she yeah that was amazing i loved that i loved that scene so much <laughs> she like put on funny voices and stuff yeah. yeah yeah um yeah she wasn't she's not like the actress who's just um there by her looks and by wants to do the photo shoots and let be like you know famous yeah she seems like she's actually a really good performer she's yeah amazing. and i really liked the fact that i liked the way she was portrayed as a woman in the film she wasn't clad in skimpy clothes. They didn't feel the need to have a really, um, like, risque sex scene or anything in the film. She's well, the sexiest thing she wears is a dress in the whole yeah, film, right? Yeah. yeah. And I like the fact that she's not stick thin. She's not overweight by any stretch of the imagination. But she's got legs and a tummy and hips, and I just thought she was really representative of, like, Every girl, I thought that was really nice that we didn't have, I don't know, some blonde bimbo, like that character wasn't transformed into something. Which, which might have been the case Hollywood. in a Nicholas Sparks film. Right? Yeah, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like I she was just so real and I just, I don't know, as, as a woman, <laughs> <laughs> I felt kind of like, I don't know, a bit encouraged by that being on screen as a normal person and she wasn't just the sexy girl who came in to save the day she was like a full well, rounded she, character in her own right she didn't make will's life better by being sexy she made it better by being a nice person and almost by being a bit odd as well and a yeah. bit different yeah. so i liked that message but and that, that also could have been done um like she could have been an oddball and really over the top weird and it would have been a weird, like, manic pixie dream girl sort of thing. But yeah. she wasn't that either, I don't think. No, she, I don't think she was either. She, she was wasn't, just... like, everything he ever wanted and, like, a one-dimensional um, dream-like character who's not real. She just seemed like a real person. Yeah. You know? And the thing is, she was so such an odd fit for that little small English village and then mm. she's there wearing her bright clothes and yeah. her bubblebee tights and she's just... You know, it's not it's not this like um, as you said, not this dream of his to be swept away by someone. In fact, I, I I don't know. He kind of mellows her out at the same time that she lifts him up. Yeah. But she certainly is different, and mm. so the manic pixie dream girl sort of thing is like you know um, a character who comes into someone's the male's life and improves it by being there, and is just a sex object and isn't real at all. Mm. And it it was it was like taken down in Ruby Sparks, that sort yeah. of thing, you know, yeah. that film, great film. But I don't think it was like that at all. No. And But it looked like it from the trailers, didn't it? Yeah. So I'm glad we saw it and actually saw that it was actually a good film. What did you think of Will as a character, a performance or anything? Um, I thought he was good. I haven't seen a lot of Sam Claflin's work either. He was a Hunger Games, apparently. 
Who was he in Hunger Games? Like, he was Finnick, wasn't he? Mm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't really know much I about him. I think it him. would have been hard to do that one, do that role. Yeah, I agree because... For most of the film, he's depressed. Yep. And and the rest of it, he's just talking kind of like... But... In a lot of ways, he's the villain you know, in the sense that he's the opposition to the main character, I guess he? so, yeah. So, yeah. And eventually... Yeah. It's not a spoiler, so he mellows a bit, bit. but mm. um, yeah, I think it would have been hard to do, but I think he was he was fine. We've talked a lot about Emily Clark. She's probably taken a lot of the attention, hasn't she? she? Has. Which is the point of the film. I just wanted to mention quickly um, Stephen Peacock, who's an Australian actor, who is one of the River Boys from Home and Away back when they had, I think his name was Brax or something, and there were like three brothers or something who were like the River Boys and the bad guys who came into Summer Bay. Did they live in the river? I don't know how. I. I wasn't watching. I just followed this by the ads, which you can pretty much do with <laughs> Home and Away and Neighbours. He plays Will's nurse in the film. And I didn't love his performance because I feel like Australians and Australian actors have a way of downplaying certain aspects, downplaying certain moments in a way that kind of cuts through the bullshit in a way and we just kind of say it normally, right? Whereas in this film, with Amelia Clark's performance, it was so heightened, so emotive, and the story was so expressive. It just kind of clashed to have someone there who, I don't know, spoke in a way that was sort of... Um, didn't quite fit. Yeah, it didn't quite fit. Mm. It was just too normal and I know that sounds really strange but I think in certain movies it's more of a heightened reality than reality and the way he was speaking was literally like the guy next door I think he maybe needed to bring that up a little bit to fit the tone of the movie Mm -hmm. I don't really know how to explain it because I don't really know what it is myself but the moments that he had where he was trying to explain like Will's condition to Louisa and things like that just felt sort of like he was it was just an offhand comment and I felt like that didn't really fit with her reactions and her, I don't know, the concept of the story, the tone of the story. Where did he come from? I don't think there's anything wrong with his performance, but I do agree that it was maybe didn't quite fit in certain parts of the film. Yeah, okay, maybe I agree. He, he was great. Yeah. I just felt like sometimes he was acting in a different movie to what the rest mm. of them were. Fair enough. Um, without spoiling the film... What did you think of the end of it? Well, I thought at one stage it was going to it had reached that point and then it was going to change and I go agree. the opposite way. I did not. Yeah. So I thought it was, was going to end completely different to mm, how, it was, how it did. Mm, but I actually kind of liked the way that it ended. I thought it was really brave of the film to do that. Well, yeah, I agree because a lot of films would have got that far and then pulled it back to be to like placate people the audience know, whatever yeah. this one it went all the way through and maybe the audience of people with disabilities might have reacted differently if that had been pulled back do you think maybe well i would have been different if it was different but um i'm not sure if they would have liked it better it would have mm. interesting one isn't it it is i liked the way it was handled the ending i yeah. thought it was very classy and yeah. very i don't know they didn't do cheap tricks just for emotion i oh. didn't think that was yeah. Nicely done. I agree. It was a really different film than what we thought it was going to be mm. from the trailers and, and all the press around it. Yeah. Um, 
I'm, I'm glad we saw it, yeah. I'm really glad we saw it. I felt like the whole film had a really nice restraint to it, you know. I felt like it knew what it was doing and it wasn't trying to be this big blockbuster. Yeah. It was just a really simple sort of gentle story and I really liked it. It's a good sort of movie. I'm glad we saw it how we saw it. But if you, you know, saw it on Netflix or rented it out and watched it like on a Sunday afternoon sort of thing with your parents, it'd be fine. That sort I think of movie. you still enjoy it, yeah. yeah. Who directed it, do you know? It was directed by Thea Sharrick who apparently has just come from the theatre in England. Um, I think it's her first movie. You know, it's really good effort. I thought so too. It's based on a book too, isn't it, this movie? Yeah, it's based on a book originally. Um, I haven't read it. No, but, you know, fair enough. <laughs> would you want to read it now? Or? Yeah, I actually would. Okay, yeah. that's good. And I wonder if, obviously, you'd have a different perspective if you'd read, if you'd read it first yeah. going into it. Yeah. but. And maybe if I had, I'd have different complaints. And, you know, yeah, there's always that book-to-movie difficulty. I think it could be a good book as well, though. Yeah, mm. it would be something I'd go and figure out. So so you definitely recommend? Definitely recommend. I give it. five out of five Sams. Okay, cool. I'll probably, I'll probably give it like four Sams. So what didn't you like about it then to make it drop the star? Uh, I just I don't think it, it's um, the very best movie ever seen. That's... That's why it's not a five. Yeah. Oh, I still recommend go see it. Um, what didn't you love about it, though? Like, why is it not the best movie you've ever seen? I just didn't connect with it as much as you did. Okay. You didn't connect with the other movies we've seen as much as I have. Yeah, so it was a connection issue rather than, like, anything technical or story. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't blow me away and didn't make me want to go see it straight away again. That's okay. why I, I reserve five-star ratings for oh, I see okay. movies that I'm you know gonna go by and watch and read everything about and whatever yeah see I would buy this movie and it would be my cry movie side note for things just little things that have been annoying us this week which weren't large enough issues to make it into the beginning of the podcast but I did want to mention I worked a very long day this week right a nine-hour day because we had a big event to set up for and I thought I'd treat myself on the way home with some delicious uh, takeaway cuisine from one of the highest class restaurants in Australia. Very nice Scottish restaurant. <laughs> I went to Macca's, okay, guys? <laughs> and for the second time in a row, they forgot my sweet and sour sauce. And I was so tired after my work day. I didn't tell you this. I almost cried when I realized that they hadn't given me my sauce. And I just feel like, you work nine hours, you order a sweet and sour sauce, you want your sweet and sour sauce, right? And I sent them some feedback. Maccas, if you're listening, get your quality control sorted. But no one likes a dry fry, okay? You need your sauce to give it that lubrication. And I love Macca's sweet and sour sauce. My sister used to drink it from the tub when we were younger. We used to always get, like, have heaps of them in our fridge, spare ones, in case this exact thing happened. How and would you, you know get spare what? ones? Or you just ask for another one and then you pay for the extra oh, okay. and then you keep it at home for when you want to have a little sneaky dip. Maybe you need to go there and just buy a bunch, have them in the fridge. I could do that. Or they could just give me my sweet and sour sauce when I pay for it. What happens? Do they They just don't usually do it and they forget to put the sauce in? I don't know. They don't check the order. They think it's just the cheeseburger check. meal sort of thing, yeah. But it's on, you have to ask for it separately and you pay for it separately, 50 cents. Mm. That's a dollar of my money that Maccas have taken. Although I did get a free soft serve for like giving the feedback. So, you know, 
And you made me do it as well. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I missed out on two sweet and sour sauces. I want two free things. We need to use them soon. Anyway, so just wanted to have that as a little aside at the end of the podcast that that was a strong contender for what's been annoying us this week. But I think perhaps it's been annoying me more than Lonnie. <laughs> You've already made a Facebook post about it. I did? You know, blog about it as well. I expect 2,000 words <laughs> by the end of the weekend. <laughs> On how much I would love sweet and sour sauce. You could write a whole body stage probably, play about this. Yeah, I probably could. <laughs> or one woman play. It would be like the vagina monologues, but the sweet and sour sauce monologues. They call me and Sam sweet and sour. Do they? Which one's sweet and which one's sour? Up to you to find out. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. See ya. Well, well, well. If it isn't me, what it's called? <laughs> I was focusing on the first bit, not the second bit. 